Hello, welcome everyone to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and I'm here to learn some facts with you uh, today about our furry, scaly, or possibly even uh, slimy friends, uh, all while relaxing and sometimes going a little bit off-topic. And that's what uh, that's what I love about uh, doing this podcast is because I get to learn right along with you guys. So for anyone that's new out there, this is a podcast uh, aimed to help you maybe relax. Uh, you know, we all have so many things, uh, you know, on our on our plates. We have families and we have you know school and or work or whatnot. And it's good to just take some time to to relax. You know, lay back. Maybe you can find a comfy chair or. Or maybe this is uh, at night and you're and you're about to go to sleep, you know. Uh, but uh, you could even be walking around. But I, I think it's important to take some time to ourselves and just you know uh, take take some time to learn about something that uh, is a personal passion of mine, and I'm sure is for a lot of you guys that are listening. You can listen to this podcast in a in a number of ways, right? You can just put it on and kind of space in and out. You can be totally attentive. That is all up to you guys, the listeners out there. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in because today we are talking about the beloved koala. Okay, so koalas are are amazing uh, animals, very uh, distinctive, I would say. Uh, sometimes referred to as koala bears, but we'll get into that in just a, a, a second. So the facts this time are coming from savethekoala.com, and they have a page there for koalas and some interesting facts about koalas. Uh, I do not know pretty much anything about koalas. I know that, you know, in, in my mind before before uh, kind of learning anything here, I just I just know that they you know were uh, marsupials and they lived in Australia. But I'm going to learn uh, something here with you guys. So let's get into the first fact: uh, koalas are not actually bears. Um, so that's the first thing because you some you you hear koala bears pretty often, I think. But turns out that they're not even related to bears. Um, the koala is related more to uh, to the, or is related to the kangaroo and the wombat instead, which are two animals that I would love to get into actually another time. Uh, they're both they're both very distinctive, and it's a it's a marsupial animal. Okay, and the bear aspect of it apparently came from the fact that they look physically like a teddy bear. I mean, if you've seen a koala before, you know that they look super cuddly. Uh, I'm not sure if they are actually dangerous. I'm sure that it's probably not a good idea to go ahead and and uh, and take a uh, koala off of a tree and try to hug it. Um, I don't know if it would be very if it would reciprocate uh, your affection. So I I do not recommend that. But uh, they look like teddy bears for sure. And let's go over what exactly is a marsupial. So we have kangaroos that are marsupials. We have uh, koalas um, and. Um, Marsupials are any members of the mammalian uh, uh, infra class, as they're as they're referred to. Marsupialia, that's a hard one, uh, which actually means uh, from the Latin word uh, pouch. So, the defining characteristic of marsupials is that they do have this pouch that they carry their young around in, and that, that's that's how you can make that kind of distinction, right? Which is, uh, and koalas do have pouches, so there you go. Koalas have five digits on each front paw, uh, two of which are actually a uh, move in opposition um, to the others. 
And it's, it's kind of close how we have in humans that, that opposition with our thumbs, right? And they move differently from the other fingers. And this allows them to have a better grip for the branches that they hold and for the food that they eat. To, to, it's, it's, it's generally for, for a grip. And their hind paws, uh, they actually have some kind of fusing going on. Their, their hind paws are fused together to form a sort of grooming claw. So in many animals, they'll, uh, you know, uh, grooming is a very important part of their daily routine. It, it, it helps with everything, just how humans take showers and, and uh, you know, or baths or, or whatnot. In the case of, of health for a lot of, you know, primates and, and in this case koalas, grooming is an essential part of keeping themselves healthy and, and clean. So koalas actually have a specialty kind of um, hind paw or well, not just one, but they have two specialty hind paws. So they have kind of like, a, you know, so, that, so they each get uh, groomed, like a little uh, koala hair salon there. Uh, and koalas are mostly nocturnal. Uh, they do sleep for part of the night, uh, it says, and sometimes uh, they move about in, in the daytime. But they actually often sleep uh, up to 18 to 20 hours each day. So this is a, an, an animal that sleeps for the vast majority of the day. You know, we're, we're talking, we're talking two-thirds or three-fourths of the day. Um, and when we compare it to last episode, if you haven't listened to last episode, you can, you can listen to it another time. Or, or if you want, you can go back there and then come back here. It's up to you. Um, but we did the giraffe. And the giraffe is super interesting because as we learned in that episode, um, giraffes only sleep, I, I believe the number was five to 30 minutes a day. Uh, something or 15 to 30 of just below 30 minutes a day which is an incredibly short time to sleep and now when you contrast that to koalas uh, that is a you know very different kind of uh, kind of animal there now in terms of how these uh, we know why the the koala sleeps um, you know as much as it does we'll get into that in just a second but uh, it's it's such a high number when you compare it to to giraffes and that's why I love this podcast or doing this podcast is because I get to kind of uh, string together these these sort of uh, relationships between the two or, or, or contrasts rather. This is more of a contrast. Uh, so yeah, they're nocturnal. And uh, what nocturnal means uh, is just that they're awake for, uh, they're awake mostly in the nighttime uh, and they sleep in the daytime. So uh, in the case of the koala, they do sometimes sleep for part of the night and also move uh, in the daytime sometimes, but generally they're mostly nocturnal animals. Um, and an adult uh, koala eats about uh, a half to a, to a pound of uh, kilograms of leaves each night. So a half kilogram to a kilogram of leaves each night. Uh, when we talk about, when we've talked about so many animals, uh, so we have the gorilla, the elephant, the, the giraffe, they're eating you know, minimum for gorillas, they were, you know, they were eating like 30 kilograms of leaves a day and fruit and whatnot. And elephants were eating so much more than that. These um, koalas don't actually need uh, that much, uh, you know, food to kind of get by. Uh, and the, the food that they eat is mostly what's referred to as gum leaves. And I remember uh, actually a, a rumor or, or kind of a fact that, well, the people claimed was a fact when I was younger that they actually get drunk on, on what they eat, uh, on the gum leaves, that gum leaves have some sort of intoxicating property to it, and that's why they sleep all the time. But that's actually uh, very inaccurate. Um, I'm not sure 
where this started from. Maybe there's a, a history to it. Someone just wanted to, you know, tell a tell a joke about koalas and it just stuck. You know, who knows? I'm just gonna take a quick drink of my tea here. But they actually, because the gum leaves that they eat are actually uh, very toxic. They're, they're they're very toxic for most mammals. Um, so they sleep a lot because of uh, because their diet. Uh, takes plenty of energy to digest because it's fibrous, it's toxic, and it's a fairly low nutrition diet. And sleeping is a great way to conserve energy. So we've all learned about hibernation maybe at one point or another, uh, you know, and it just shows how the power of sleep helps to conserve conserve energy. You know, uh, I'm not, I, I, I don't uh, think that uh, koalas hibernate, but... Uh, in, in places where it becomes super cold for animals that can't really withstand it or just choose not to. For example, bears, they like to hibernate. Um, or they're not, uh, I'm sure they like to sleep for months at a time, but it's mostly a necessity for them. Uh, but it's, a, it's an amazing way to conserve energy, which is why uh, koalas sleep so much. So they don't actually, you know, it's not like you can give a koala a breathalyzer after, after eating gum leaves and they're going to, you know, uh, 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 score high on that. Uh, over the limit, but um, they sleep a lot because of what they're eating is fibrous, very fibrous, uh, toxic for the majority of other uh, animals, and uh, very low nutrition diet. So that's why they're, uh, you know, they're always sleeping. It's not because they're drunk. It's just because, just because of those reasons. Let's get into some uh, some of the uh, uh, kind of koala's uh, habitat here. Um, well, rather, what, what they call home. So each koala's home is made up of several trees, and those are referred to as home trees. And the area where their home trees are kind of located is called a home range. So these home ranges are actually very similar to kind of uh, how humans have neighborhoods and have, you know, whatnot, um, you know, different uh, kind of area in between. Um, so the home range is, is, is where they have those home trees. So just like us, they have, you know, little neighborhoods. So they each have their own home range, and those overlap often with other uh, koalas, especially now because their habitat is kind of getting less and less. This is why they need, um, they need a, a good amount of habitat because uh, they each have their own kind of area where they uh, have their home trees and, and whatnot. They don't like to really get together with each other unless it's it's mating time, right? Um, and the size of the range actually depends on the quality of the habitat, uh, the um, uh, sex of the uh, koalas, the age, and the social position of koalas. So just like, you know, the majority of other animals, there's, there's usually a hierarchical structure of some kind. This actually determines, for the most part, the um, kind of where or how, how, how large they get this home range of theirs, uh, which is interesting. Uh, so by social position, uh, you know, sex, age, or whatnot, you know, so just like uh, humans, you know, how often making more money will give you a larger home range, you could, you could say. In the case of koalas, you know, the higher social position gets them oftentimes a larger uh, a home range. Um, a mature male has a dark scent gland in the center of their white chest, and that actually excretes a dark and sticky sort of substance. Um, so plenty of animals will have some sort of uh, bodily secretion that allows them to mark their territory. And this is exactly what the koalas' uh, 
uh, scent gland is for. So marking territory is is a very crucial part of, of how they live their lives because it says, okay, so this is my space. You are not to enter my space unless you, you know, unless there's a problem of some sort, unless you want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, go against each other, really. Um, so they have this dark scent gland in the center of their white chest. You don't really see it if you look at uh, koalas. It's pretty hidden, uh, but they place it onto trees, and that acts as a marker for the territory. Just means beware, big koala here, right? Koalas can actually make uh, a lot of verbal kind of noises. So I always uh, love kind of hearing the different noises that animals make because there's always some sort of distinction, and it's interesting to me. Um, and koalas do verbalize in terms of, uh, you know, loud snores sometimes or, or bellows, really interesting kind of, kind of noises that you wouldn't imagine hearing from such a small uh, or from, from just looking at the physical characteristics of that animal. You can search it up on YouTube another time if you'd like, if you're curious as to how the koalas actually sound. But um, it's, it's usually not something that you uh, entirely expect, right? Um, and baby koalas are actually known as joeys. Uh, so joeys is, um, is a really interesting name. Uh, the term joey is actually refer, uh, reserved for animals that natively belong to Australia and their natural habitat there. Um, so I was wondering why they're actually called joeys because, you know, uh, there's so many other common sort of names for in, uh, babies which is like, you know, uh, calves, uh, cubs, infants, things like that. And I, I didn't, I've never heard something be referred to as a joey before. But it just turns out that uh, for Australians, uh, for, for Australia's native kind of animals, they, they like to uh, uh, classify the babies as joeys. So if you ever hear me say joeys, I'm not talking about someone named Joey. Maybe one of you out there listening is named Joey, but I'm, but I'm uh, referring to baby koalas specifically. Um, a younger, uh, younger breeding females often give birth to one joey uh, each year, but each, uh, but not all females will actually breed each year. So sometimes they breed uh, every two to three years, depending on their age, depending on you know what's what's happening in their in their surrounding environment. So they don't always uh, give birth each year. Uh, koalas in the southern part of uh, parts of Australia are actually larger, and they have thicker fur than those in the north. Uh, this is thought to have an adaptation uh, to keep them warm in the colder southern winters that uh, that uh, Australia has. Now, for me, because I live in Canada, I usually associate north with cold and south with hot. Um, so in this case, it's counterintuitive to me, or it was counterintuitive, but it makes sense if you think about where Australia is. Um, so it is thought, it's not entirely known why but it's 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 postulated to be because uh, it's an adaptation to allow them to be warmer in the colder uh, southern winters that they have there in uh, in Australia and the baby koala stays in the mother's pouch for about six or seven months drinking only uh, only milk um, I, I would like to compare this to uh, kangaroos but I can't I, I, I haven't uh, searched up any facts about them but we'll do kangaroos one time and we'll kind of refer back to this episode and see if it's about the same uh, so they're in the mother's pouch for about six or seven months and they drink only milk um, and uh, gum leaves uh, as we mentioned before are toxic for most mammals so the joey uh, eats on a substance that's called pap 
uh, before they can actually eat any kind of gum leaves. Now, reading about this uh, is not, it's not the most pleasant thing in the world. I will uh, be as vague as I can, uh, but PAP is actually kind of a specialized form of the of its mom's uh, droppings, okay? Uh, but this is a very crucial part of their development because uh, there's microorganisms that were inside uh, the mother's intestines that uh, through the pap can uh, give that uh, joey the ability to properly digest the gum leaves. If not, they would be in trouble. Uh, and they do that for a few weeks before before they uh, are able to kind of go out and, and eat gum leaves. Because eating toxic substances, uh, you know, generally toxic substances, they having this having these microorganisms introduced at a younger age will help them uh, develop the digestive system properly to be able to digest the food like uh, all other uh, average uh, koalas there. So they stay in the mother's pouch six or seven months drinking only milk, for a few weeks, they will uh, eat uh, that pap that we just mentioned, and then they'll go on to eat uh, gum leaves and other vegetation uh, that uh, suits them. Uh, so that's that, that, that was a really interesting fact to me that I've never heard before, and maybe for good reason, because it is a little uh, uh, gross when you think about it. <laughs> At least how they did, I, I tried to describe it a little bit uh, more vague. They were very specific on the facts website, but this is a, you know, uh, more of a, a relaxing sort of podcast, or at least it aims to be. Um, after venturing out of the pouch, the baby will ride on its mother's abdomen or back, just like orang, uh, just like orangutans. Actually, I decided to throw that in there because uh, because uh, that's just actually how uh, orangutans uh, do it as well. So if you've if you've seen, I actually watched a beautiful uh, uh, kind of little documentary thing on, uh, on YouTube. It was only about 20 minutes long, but it was a, a piece by National Geographic talking about the secret life of orangutans. And you can, you can find that on YouTube. And it's just, it's just incredible watching, uh, you know, nature photographers, how they get these shots, how they, the work that they put into to allow, to deliver this sort of experience with animals to me is is such a gift and it's incredible so if you want to watch a very good documentary about orangutans i very much uh, uh well it's, i i'm not going to say a documentary i don't think that's that's what it's referred to as but there's a youtube video national geographic secret life of orangutans super super interesting but we're talking about koalas okay orangutans you can wait um, so between one and three years old uh, they will venture out on, on their own just to, you know, move out of the parents' uh, or the mother's pouch, rather. Um, but it, it, that range, that two-year range, the one, one to three years old, it, it really depends as to when the mother has her next joey. Of course, when the mother has her next uh, baby, you know, the other, the other uh, koala or the older koala can't just, you know, uh, want to take up that, that pouch. You know, they're probably too big and the mother has to give all of its attention to the, to the, uh, to the rising joey there. Um, so female koalas uh, are mature by about two years of age uh, and males by their third or fourth year. So females uh, kind of mature at almost twice the rate or close to it. Um, I can't, you know, I'm trying to compare that to another animal that I, that I know, but uh, nothing really comes to mind that I've learned so far with you guys. Uh, but just interesting fact, uh, this I'm sure has an evolutionary uh, advantage because uh, it allows for uh, kind of a faster uh, breeding, and, you know, uh, 
if they had to wait until fourth until four years of age, you know, instead of two, maybe that would slow down reproduction and and not allow this this animal to survive as long as it did. So I'm sure that has some sort of advantage. Let's let's talk about their habitat. Uh, so they live in the tall eucalypt uh, forests and low eucalypt woodlands of mainland uh, eastern Australia and also some islands off the eastern and southern coasts. Uh, so they don't actually live in rainforests. Um, I, I, I wasn't actually sure if they lived in rainforests, but there's plenty of animals that, that or there's a bunch of animals that we covered that do live in rainforests, uh, but they actually do not. They live in uh, the eucalypt forest and the eucalypt woodlands. So Queensland, uh, NSW, which is just uh, New South Wales uh, in Australia, uh, Victoria and South Australia are the only states where koalas are found naturally uh, in the wild. So in those in those ones that we just that we just said. Um, so interesting, they, they are not in rainforests uh, and they prefer those uh, low eucalypt woodlands and tall eucalypt forests. Uh, they are actually fussy eaters, um, which is which is uh, funny to me. Uh, considering that they uh, eat mostly toxic, <laughs> uh, toxic uh, leaves or gum leaves, um, so they're fussy eaters, and they have actually strong preferences for the different types of gum leaves. I just find it a little bit, um, I just find it a little bit funny that they're they have strong preferences for toxic leaves, like oh I like this one or I don't like this toxic one. Um, I, it's just interesting to me. So. Little interesting fact, um, they're fussy eaters, picky eaters. So if we have any picky eaters out there, don't worry, you're not alone, just like the, the koala here. But just don't eat, don't eat gum leaves, they're, they're, uh, they're not, not, for, not for you. Um, a forest can only have a certain number of koalas uh, living in it, uh, and this is called the forest's carrying capacity. So like pasture for sheep, the available gum trees can only feed a certain number of koalas. And this is very important, uh, because carrying capacity is something that uh, has to be respected um, generally. Uh, so just like how the earth can have a carrying capacity for human beings, uh, every ecosystem out there has a ca carrying capacity for whichever animal or animals live in that habitat because there's only so much food to give. Um, so respecting the carrying capacity is super uh, important. Uh, and because now forests are kind of diminishing over time, especially in Australia. Um, we'll talk about that in just one sec. Actually, we might as well. Uh, Australia has one of the highest land clearing rates in the world. Uh, that, and it leaves about 80%, uh, 80 80% of koala habitat that has already uh, disappeared, which is not a very good number, you know. So as the forests go down, you know, the carrying capacity also decreases because now you have less gum leaves and, and less kind of uh, food to give to every, every inhabitant of that, uh, of that habitat. So not so, uh, not very good news uh, for the koala, uh, but, you know, th that it is what it is there. Uh, let's talk about really quick that they're actually listed as vulnerable in 2012. Uh, and they're they're they are actually still on the on the rapid decline, uh, and koalas are very interesting animals to me. Uh, I have an appreciation for them, especially now that I learned that they like to, or they have to eat pap as they're growing up. I have a very good uh, uh, a sense of sympathy for these for these little guys. Um, so there are things you can do, of course. Um, you know, if you if you 
ever want to help an animal that, that you hear is vulnerable or endangered, you can just, you know, there's, there's nothing to do with donating or whatever. If you if, if you want to donate, if you find yourself passionate like that, of course, but uh, awareness is the main is the main kind of uh, donation that uh, that uh, people can give. Right. Uh, so just awareness that, that, that this is actually happening. Uh, but let's get to the last fact uh, before we move on to our uh, uh, origin story there. Well, it's not really a story. Uh, so koalas don't normally need to drink uh, because they get all of the moisture they need from the gum leaves. Um, however, if uh, they can drink if completely necessary, such as in times of drought when the leaves may not contain enough moisture for them to actually survive off of. So we, we had the same kind of thing with, uh, with giraffes from last episode, right? Where they can get the majority of, uh, of water from what they're eating, from vegetation. Uh, but sometimes, you know, they have to go and, uh, and drink if, I mean, it, you know, I'm sure... Uh, they can figure out where where there's a body of water that they can drink from. What I am wondering, though, is, um, say a koala has to go drink uh, because you know there's a drought of some kind, or they they haven't been having enough access to gum leaves. If they leave the tree, I assume that it's just kind of free real estate for anybody else to, or for any other koala to just kind of swoop in and take their take their place. Um, I know that's what happens if 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 one of if one of the koalas actually uh, passes, but. Um, you know, I guess they would have to move in fairly quickly. I don't know how fast these little guys are. I haven't seen, if, if they're sleeping 18 to 20 hours a day um, and trying to conserve energy, I doubt that they move uh, incredibly quickly. So maybe maybe it would be uh, kind of, uh, you know, not, it would be sort of easy to kind of get in there and take the, the tree from the koala that, go, that went to drink. I don't know. Uh, that's something that I would like to actually research. But anyways... Uh, for any of you new listeners out there or old listeners, um, we like to end the podcast with sort of an animal fact about where the name originates from. Maybe there's a cool story about it. In the case of koala, it's more of just a translation sort of thing. Uh, it's not anything like a like a cool story. I think the only uh, oh I, my my favorite story from the animals that we've done is the is the manatee for sure. So if you guys want to. Uh, go listen to the manatee episode afterwards. You are completely welcome to do that. Uh, so the word koala is thought to mean no drink or no water in the Aboriginal uh, language. Um, so that's that was just a fact that was on the website. Um, so the word koala, no drink and no water, which makes sense um, to me because they don't have to drink water very often at all. You know, it's mostly in times of kind of emergency that they have to or, you know, where there's a drought or whatnot. So um, they don't actually need to drink very much at all or often. So I guess this makes sense. It's an, it's an apt term to use for sure. Uh, so thank you so much, guys, for, for tuning in. Um, today was the koala uh, episode. If you enjoyed, make sure to follow the podcast. You can share it with somebody else that maybe you want to give the gift of relaxing with animal facts you know this is a uh, this is a new podcast i'm still you know kind of figuring out the 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 whole you know how to really run a podcast uh, you know maybe i'll add some segments as i go on and if you guys have any uh, anything constructive that you would like to send to me maybe you want to see a, another segment on the show of some kind you can always send an email to relaxwithanimalfacts@gmail.com, at gmail.com and i will consider it and see if it could work um 
or if you're just enjoying the show, you know, you can you can let me know if you'd like. Uh, but generally, uh, thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in and for and for listening. And I will see you next time with the next animal. Take care.